This is the podcast for the journal Neuropsychopharmacology. I'm Cynthia Graber. Depression is an incredibly important disorder. According to Thomas Schlepfer, head of interventional biological psychiatry at the University of Freiburg, at least 20% of people have a depressive episode at least once in their lives. And while most patient symptoms improve with a combination of psychotherapy and medicine, up to 20% of depressed patients do not improve from existing treatments. Dr. Schlepfer and his colleagues have been conducting research on deep brain stimulation in which implanted electrodes automatically deliver electrical impulses to a particular region of the brain. There's a growing interest in DBS, which has shown promise in helping alleviate treatment-resistant major depression. The patients Dr. Schlepfer and his colleagues work with have an average of 21 failed treatments and have been in their last episode for about 12 years. The most recent study, published in the journal Neuropsychopharmacology, is what he calls a gateway study. It builds on research he and his colleagues had conducted in the past to prepare for a much larger study in the future. So, Dr. Schlepfer, talk me through the study. You described this particular brain target called the superolateral branch of the medial forebrain bundle. It plays a key role in the reward system. Why did you and your colleagues choose this in particular as a target for deep brain stimulation? Yeah, that's really indeed a very important question. We we thought for a long, long time that depression has really to do with the dysfunction of the reward system. Um, one symptom of depression, anhedonia, the inability to experience pleasure in situations which were pleasurable previously, is, in my view, a key symptom of depression. And if you treat a key symptom, it doesn't mean you treat depression, but you might have an inroad, a pathway to the treatment of the disorder. And indeed, this seems to be the case in our patients, because when you start with the simulation, you don't see an immediate effect in the sense, oh, wow, this is great, I feel wonderful. There are subtle changes, and you notice that patients are, again, able to process stimuli with emotional valence, rewarding stimuli, punishing stimuli. Uh, They are able to orient themselves in the room. They start engaging in adequate verbal conversation. And this change of the hedonic system of the ability to react to the environment leads to a response which can be seen on the overall depression rating scale. So what did you do? What were the methods? That's actually very straightforward. We uh, selected patients according to really rigorous inclusion criteria because we aim to show that this treatment works really for the worst forms of depression you can imagine. Then we randomized half of the patients to an immediate switching on of the treatment after the implantation. By immediate, I mean in about a week. And the other um, eight patients were switched on two months later. There was a short placebo phase. And after this placebo phase, all the patients would get the same form of simulation in an open trial. We had this short sham phase That was all what was possible at the time. And interestingly enough, we could show that the patients who had had received the placebo treatment responded as well in this short time. But at the end of the two months, there was a separation of the real treated patients versus the sham treated. And we believe that this is a so-called setting effect. 
the mere fact that you implant an electrode already has a therapeutic effect. It's like you kick on the system you want to neuromodulate just by inserting the electrode. And this is an effect which lasts probably two months or six weeks, but then you need real stimulation. Another part of the findings which is very important in those patients where you had a inadvertent cessation of stimulation, you had a reoccurrence of depression, which was very important because you show a two-way effect. What's the story? What happened? I'd probably give you best an example. One of our patients decided to do a pilgrimage to Santa Maria de Compostela in Portugal. So he was hiking there. And these devices we talked about are rechargeable. They have to be recharged every couple of weeks or days, depending on how strong they simulate. And he forgot the recharging device at home. So the stimulator ran down and suddenly stopped stimulation. And he had an immediate reoccurrence of depressive symptoms and had to go home again. And the same thing happened in, it was exactly five patients where you had an inadvertent and in one case deliberate cessation of stimulation. This was a patient who uh, came to Freiburg and said, I don't need any stimulation, I don't need any medication, I'm feeling well. And I said, that's a very bad idea, but if you insist, and after one night, and he already had the first symptoms of depression again. That's a very important finding because you have this two-way change. Initiation of stimulation has an antidepressant effect. As soon as stimulation stops, depression reoccurs. Fascinating. And just as important, you report that 50% of the subjects were still in remission after a year. But how can you quantify how much things improved for these people who have been through repeated ineffective treatments and have had such long periods of major depression? I think the only fitting word is life-changing. These patients had very miserable lives, and not only miserable by their own description, and we know lots about these patients. We talk to their social support systems. And the stimulation made in all of the cases a huge change in life. There are some patients who do not need to take any medication anymore. This was not the goal, but it, it shows the efficacy. There are some patients who um, went back to work, who regained function again, but in Almost all of the cases described it has been a life-changing intervention. So what's the next step? The next step is the study we are doing right now in a much larger group and in an international multi-center trial because it's very important that such a method doesn't only work in Bonn or Freiburg. You need to show that it works everywhere. And by the way, we are very happy that there's a group in Houston, Texas, which rep, uh, did an imp- independent replication of this kind of stimulation in a small group and had exactly the same results. And you're always happy if you see a replication in, from a completely different research group because um, it shows that it is not a center effect. What are some of the challenges in getting this type of procedure accepted and implemented? I think the biggest challenge is that, for understandable reasons, psychiatrists shy away from 
having a neurosurgical intervention in their patients. And if this will be a treatment uh, which on a clinical basis, we need to do a good job to explain exactly what are the effects, what are the side effects, what are we doing, why does this make sense in psychiatric patients, to really make it an option for these patients. And the other challenge is it's obviously a very expensive uh, intervention. You can imagine a neurosurgical intervention, a technical device. But then again, these patients are often treated in hospitals. Hospital treatment is much, much more expensive. And um, you can offset costs for hospital treatment by this treatment. And so you very quickly have even a cost benefit for deep brain stimulation. But I think in the long term, the most interesting fact about the study we're talking about is that it teaches us about function and dysfunction of a system in the brain which processes stimuli uh, of, the, of the reward system. And probably will lead in the future to completely different treatment methods using the same principles. So there might well be that there will be focused ultrasound or an optogenetic intervention, which will lead to the same effects with a much simpler approach, but that's far, far in the future. This is the podcast for the journal Neuropsychopharmacology. To read the article discussed in this podcast, go to www.nature.com slash NPP. I'm Cynthia Graber.